Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message from Daz Chettle. I just want to show you a photo of my beautiful family. Like, that's my wee girl, Nevaeh, my wee baby boy, Benji, Jaden, my 12-year-old, and Shyla, um, my 8-year-old. And my beautiful wife, like seriously, how hot is she? No, like seriously, how on earth did I manage that? I know people look at that and go, how did he do that? Jesus. It's got to be Jesus. My wee girl, Shyla, this one here, <clears throat> I heard her, she was yelling and screaming, playing on the tramp. And I went outside and said, Shy, what's going on? She said, no, 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 I said, Shy, just calm down, what is going on? And she's very, very irritated. And I said, Shyla, what is going on? And she said, well, I've written this note to God and told him how much I love him. And as I'm jumping, I'm throwing it and he won't grab it. <laughs> Made me cry. How beautiful is that? Yeah, praise God. He's so good. Hey, um, this is my third time here. So three years. And, uh, and I love it. I love coming here. It's one of my favorite places to come on my calendar. And I just thought, because it's the third time, it's kind of like family. Yeah. And it's almost like I'm keeping a bit of a secret from you. Because I know that you've got the awakening band and what we did a lot of pre-awakening stuff with them and, um, last year. And even though these, these dudes are amazing musos, I just kept this little secret. You see, the little secret is that I'm a phenomenal dancer. You didn't see that coming, did you? But because I'm humble, I'm a Kiwi, Kiwis are humble, I decided not to tell anyone till today. So I was telling my wife about it, and she was going, really? You don't look like a dancer. And I said, well, check it out. And I danced for her, and she was absolutely shocked. So we videoed it, and you're going to be able to watch it right now. You didn't know that, did you? There you know. I uh, I travel a lot. I'm uh, I'm on planes all the time, and I love sharing the gospel on the planes. Um, and I just in the in the worship, I just felt to tell you the story. I uh, I was flying to Brisbane, and uh, and I jumped on the plane early in the morning. I think it was a six a.m. flight. And uh, I sat, got on my seat, uh, eleven a. I like. 11A, I always got a window. 
in the supermarket sitting next to me, and people are still boarding the plane. And I said, hey, bro, how are you? And he goes, yeah, yeah, good. I said, what are you up to? And he said, oh, I've just got to go and do some business stuff. Oh, yeah, cool. He said, what are you doing? I said, oh, business stuff. I do insurance. He said, oh, really? And I said, yeah, life insurance. And he said, oh, cool. And I said, yeah, I met Jesus, and he changed my life. And when I die, I'm insured to be in heaven with him. I said, what, what about you, bro? He goes, oh, no, I'm not into that religious stuff. And I said, oh, neither am I. Do I look religious? Like, seriously, look at me. And uh, just keep sharing with him, and he was just getting more and more and more irritated. Because I thought it'd be cool to tell him my whole story. And I only just started it, and he put his headphones on. But they weren't even plugged into the blimmin' thing. <laughs> so that's a bit rude. Anyway, I keep trying to talk to him. He, he wasn't interested. And that's okay. So uh, on the flight, it was even awkward, man. Like when the, the flight attendants would pass our drinks and our food, I'd look at him and he'd look at me. And it's kind of, <laughs> it was just, you know, really awkward. And I think as Christians, we need to learn to do awkward well. It's okay to be in awkward situations. And uh, so I've got my headphones on and I'm listening to some worship music and I'm really excited about the ministry trip ahead. And, and so the plane lands and uh, I thought, oh, I'm going to preach. You see, because I haven't seen the pilots. Was there even pilots? I don't know, but we managed to get here by faith. So I was going to do this message on faith on the plane. I thought that was really cool. So I said to him, I said, excuse me, bro, I just want to squeeze past you. I, I didn't say I'm going to squeeze past you because I want to preach out loud. I said, I just want to squeeze past you. And he goes, yeah, yeah, sweet. So he moves back and I squeeze past. And he goes, hey, could you just do something for me? And I said, yeah, bro, what, what, what's up? I thought he wanted me to get something from the overhead locker or something. And he said this. He said, could you pray for me? And I just went, Whoa. So I, I thought to myself, well, he's clearly got issues. He pretended that he had his headphones on when he doesn't. That's a lie. He's got a lying devil in him. So I said, yeah, bro. I put my hands on him and she cut him. Take it, take it, take it. And it was awesome. Or I just put my hand on his shoulder and I said, Jesus, I thank you for this man. I thank you that you got him sitting with me on a plane. Lord, I pray today you would show him how real you are and how much you love him. He got rocked, man. It was so beautiful. Is that my timer? Yeah, that was quick. <laughs> I didn't think I see anything wrong. Yeah, so when you're praying for people on the street or in a workplace, we need to respect them. You know, you don't need to pray for a half an hour. You don't need to have your Bible out, hitting them and giving them your favorite 15 scriptures. and Just be normal. Because they're not souls, they're people. They're humans. And, you know, we just need to... I, I see people in, in, on outreaches and they're praying for people, which is amazing. But they've got their eyes closed and they're just praying these waffle prayers, and the person that's getting prayed for is just going, man, this is so embarrassing. So I encourage you when you're praying for people, it's not about you, it's about them. And a simple prayer, I've seen people just with a couple of words, they just burst into tears. Just by saying, hey, could I grab your hand? So I just wanted to share that. And fear, fear, fear's a biggie, eh? 
um, and I get scared. And uh, I have to push through fear. I can remember I was flying back from Cairns, and uh, Holy Ghost said, you're going to preach today? And I thought, yeah, cool, that'll be fun. And he said, now. Hey, we're at 30,000 people for them to realize. If I preach now, they'll turn the plane around. You don't stand up on a plane as it's flying and start talking about a religious topic because people will freak. They'll fly. And so I, God and I were having this wee discussion. I didn't think it was a great idea. So I said to him, I'm happy just to worship you the whole flight if I don't have to do it. I didn't want to do it. I just thought it's, it's weird. We could, they're still going to be there when we hit Christchurch. But he just kept pressing on my heart, pressing on my heart, pressing on my heart. I went, oh, my goodness, it's okay. And I was scared. I was really scared. You see, I'm not scared when I do it when the plane lands. And it's, it's fun. It's church. I love it. But when the plane's up in the air and people are watching their movies, and I'm thinking, man, I'm going to have to interrupt. I wonder how this is going to go. I said, hey, guys, how are you? I'm Daz. Could you take your headphones off? And I'm just going, you idiot, what are you doing? Abort, abort, abort. You know, take your headphones off, and people take the headphones off. And I go, oh, well, here we go. I said, oh, it's just on the plane, uh, obviously. Um, you know how you get nervous, you say really dumb things. And... Uh, I just really felt that God wanted me to tell you today that he loves you. I was a drug addict, and I, I met Jesus. He's not just a name in a book. And then a few people go, oh, blah, 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 and that's okay. People start putting their headphones on. And as I'm just briefly telling my story, it's like a 30-second, one-minute gospel presentation. I said, I'm just about to finish, I said, hey, bro. And I pointed to this one guy who's sitting in the three seats. He's sitting in the middle by himself. I said, hey, bro, I did that today for you, man. I did that for you, bro. And finished up when I sat next to him. And uh, what I didn't know, but Holy Ghost, was that young man had been struggling. He had a Christian upbringing. He was a prodigal. And he'd been saying to God, just in his quiet time, God, if you're real, you need someone to come and show me how real you are. I said, are you flipping kidding, mate? I made such a fool of myself in front of all these people for you. It's not normal to stand up when the plane's flying and talk about Jesus, but I did it for you, man. And I ended up sitting with him for the rest of the flight, prayed with him, rededicated his life to Jesus, tears, snot. It was beautiful. But I was freaking out. I was scared. I had to push through that fear. When you push through the fear, people's lives will be impacted. And it's time for us to stop justifying our dysfunction by thinking, well, they'll get offended. I probably offended half the plane. It doesn't matter because one man's name is now in the Lamb's Book of Life. I, uh, I got home from a trip and... Um, and we've got a bit of a thing. I buy little toys and chocolates, and the kids come in and undo my suitcase and invade it. And then I actually say once again, you can put the washing away. And it's kind of good. It feels out good. 
And uh, my little girl, we Nevi, she, um, she said to me, Dad, I really want to play Xbox with you. She's four. And I said, yeah, cool, we'll play Xbox. And she's going, oh, now? Can we play now? And I said, no, no, we've got to just do some stuff and we'll play tonight. So we ended up sitting on the couch and she picked the game and we're playing Xbox and, uh, you know, having a really good time. And it was so cute, man, because she's got these little wee fingers and little wee nose because she's a little wee, oh, she's just so lazy. And we're playing Xbox and she's going on and she's using her whole body to, 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 with the controller. And I'm giggling just watching her because she's so into it. And after about two or three minutes, I looked down and I realized that her controller wasn't on. And God spoke to me. He said, she thinks she's in the game, but she's not in the game. There's a lot of my sons and daughters. They think they're in the game, but they're not actually in the game. You see, you can know a lot about Jesus without knowing him at all. You can be doing so much amazing stuff for the church, giving money, whatever, but your heart is so far away from him. My question today is, where are you at with Jesus? My question wasn't, how's your ministry going? My question wasn't, isn't it amazing you got baptized a month ago? My question is, where are you with Jesus right now? Right now. Because he loves you with an everlasting love. He has got such a beautiful plan for your life. If anyone in this room shouldn't be doing what I'm doing, it's me. I was that broken, shy, introverted, scared little boy. Sitting on my granddad's knee when I was six years old, he pushed me off his knee and he said, you are thick just like your father. I believed that lie as a little boy. And then I'd get my school reports back and they'd say, fail, fail, fail. And I just thought, I'm such a failure. Useless, I'm thick, I'm dumb. I had to stand up like this in front of my classroom and spell a word. I started shaking. I didn't even know what a panic attack was. And I had a panic attack and peed myself in front of the class. So don't you tell me this here on planes and whatnot is a personality thing. It's not. I met Jesus. And he turned my life upside down, man. You see, for so many years, come out of such a wild lifestyle, the church didn't know what to do with me. Like, seriously. God said to me one day, your hands are going to raise the dead. And I said, sweet. I'm a drain line. I know how to dig. Let's go and dig up a grave. That's, that I just yeah. believed what was written in the Bible. I would hear stuff in churches and stand up and go, hey, that, that's, that's actually not written in the Bible. And not even think that it was weird. But I was wondering why Christians didn't want anything to do with me. I lost all my friends, my party friends, because I thought I lost the plot. I was so lonely, man. So lonely. But pastor, who's been my pastor for 20 years, he saw a little bit of God in me that no one else saw. And when everything was going pear-shaped, he was the God that had my back. It's so important that we are planted. I see so many evangelists especially that are out winning the, winning the world to Jesus, but they're not even planted in the church. What the heck? It's not our job as evangelists to go and win the lost. That's not my job. 
My job, according to Ephesians 4, is to equip the body of saints for the works of ministry. So that means what? It's the Christian's job to go and win the lost. All of us. You see, in the book of Matthew, you've all read it a thousand times, that Jesus pulls in 144, gets them all together, and goes, wow, cool, we've got 144, this is awesome. You all know the scripture, and uh, and he says, what we're going to do before we go out, I just want to just kind of see where everyone's at. Could you fill those forms out? Peter, can you pass them? John, get the pens. So they pull out the personality form, and they're filling out it and figuring out what sort of personality they are, and then they come back to Jesus. He goes through them and goes, oh, wow, cool, this is amazing. And he goes, the 72 extroverts, the 72 introverts. Awesome. You introverts, we want you to go into a dark room where no one knows, and you pray because I'm sending these extroverts out. (sighs) Or he just gathered 72 human beings together with different gift mixes, different personalities, and he said, hey, guys, go! It's not about your personality, man. It's not about your personality, man. It's about the gospel that's in you. I'm as bold as anything. Why? Because he lives in me. I tried for so many years to be this good Christian. And then I'd just fall back down. I'd look at something on a screen and go, oh, Jesus, I'm so sorry. I'd get angry. I'd do dumb stuff. And I'd just like... I would, it would just ripple that joy and I'd fall right back to the start. I got to a point I was going, God, I love you. I believe in you. But I don't know if I can do this. I don't think I can be a Christian. It's just too blimmin' hard. I was just trying and trying and trying. I was trying to make him happy with me. I was trying to make him proud of me. All I wanted was him just to love me. And then I become a dad. My kids are growing up, and I realize that my kids never come to me and go, hey, Dad, you still love me? We're all good? You sure? Are you sure you love me? Dad, what about that window I broke? I'm so sorry about that. Did you really forgive me? Or they don't have a team meeting and hold hands in a wee Christian circle in the morning and go, right, guys, we are chittles. We have to be good today. Remember, you are a daughter. Remember, you're a son. We've got to be good today. They don't do that. They wake up and tear the house apart. And they know that they know that they know that their dad adores them. And when I realize I need to stop trying to be a Christian and just realize that I'm a son and I'm so loved by my dad, That was a blooming game changer for me, man. So much pressure lifted off me. Because my kids wouldn't do stuff if they knew it would hurt me. Why? Because they love me. So so I'm not going to do stuff that I know is wrong because I know it's going to hurt my father. Sin separates us from him, man. We don't hear a lot about sin. I think we need to, eh? I listened to a message the other night. Honestly, man, I was so close to picking this up and throwing it through the window because I heard the word revival spoken about 18 times and I heard Jesus' name spoken twice in 45 minutes. It's not about revival, man. It's about Jesus. 
this whole gig is about Jesus. Hey, beautiful. Hey, yeah, you. You're cool. Yeah. No, you want to you play it? That's awesome. Uh, so I just want to land that little bit very quickly. I think it's really interesting. When Jesus got baptized, he came out of the water and the heavens opened up. Well, the whole sermon's right there. And a loud voice said, this is my son with who I'm well pleased. But Jesus go, Dad, I haven't done any of that stuff yet. I haven't healed anyone yet. The blind eyes, the dead people, I just walked past them. I was building houses and making chairs, Dad. He was well pleased because he was his son. Because it's not about what we do. Because nothing we can do will make God love us anymore. Nothing. The way that he loves you right now, that's it. With an everlasting love. We don't need to try and be a Christian. If you're trying in this room to be a Christian, just stop. Seriously, man, stop. I'm going to give you an opportunity about a few minutes. To respond to Jesus because it's not about going, here you go, here's my heart. We're all good now. We're like that. He doesn't want your blooming heart. He wants your whole life. He wants all of you. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.